0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is the one, the only, Michelle (laughs) out of London, Ontario. What's going on, Michelle? How are you?
2: Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. This is exciting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you being here. Happy Friday. So look, uh, we're excited to have you on here. And before we dive, dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on at your facility and how you run it, um, first tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you get started in the first place?
2: Uh, well, uh, I've been in the fitness industry for well over, uh, I guess it's 25 years now. Um, and, uh, mostly worked on a corporate level, um, with some of the bigger corporate gyms, um, and then, uh, worked for a vitamin, uh, pharma- like a pharmaceutical vitamin company where I launched vitamin and, uh, nutrition systems all across Canada. So, uh, been in the industry for a really long time, uh, then, uh, in 2013, um, Ended up with breast cancer. So as a single mom with a little baby girl that was only a year and a half old, I decided to pull the business into my home and start training out of there. So I started in a eight by 10 room, which was my office, pulled all my office furniture out, bought a squat rack and a few dumbbells and uh, put an ad on uh, Kijiji and off I went. And then I just grew from there. So uh, dealt with the illness, stayed at home, uh, kept the roof over the head and uh, the bills paid and kept my passion going and uh, moved from that little office then finally into a full basement space. Um, And then finally then during COVID, uh, we were able to uh, purchase a larger building and uh, now I'm in a 10,000 square foot space. So uh, it's uh, grown expo- exponentially over the years and um, I'm all better and I'm healthy and uh, moving forward and on the up and up. I love
1: it. I love it. I love the positivity. Um, and that, I, that's great. That's great stuff. Congratulations to all that. And I mean, all around congratulations. Um, and, and so diving into the business a little bit. So uh, what, what services do you guys provide um, at your facility?
2: So we're, we are an all-encompassing wellness and fitness uh, facility over on the gym side. It is a uh, private training facility. So um, we do one-on-one personal training, small group classes. Um, we have a smoothie bar. And then uh, I keep referring to the other side, which is my wellness side. So we've also incorporated and... Um, the uh, RMTs, we've got physiotherapists, cosmetic estheticians, uh, vitamin um, injections, all kinds of different services, which makes it therefore that all encompassing experience. So it's kind of like that one-stop wellness shop.
1: I like that, I like that. I think that's awesome that you have that, that versatility there too. That sets you aside from I think, a lot of other facilities as well. Um, and so how many members are you guys at currently?
2: Uh, we are, uh, well, I mean, that's, uh, that's the beauty of it all, trying to build a business during during a pandemic. Um, so we have uh, just over 150 members right now uh, doing various different services. Uh, and, um, you know, that's including uh, our RMT and physiotherapy side as well, too.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and if I walked in the facility, and I'll use myself as the app, but I walked in and I wanted to get started, um, how much would I have to pay a month to, to maintain my membership?
2: Well, we don't do membership-based because we are a private training facility. But as far as uh, our classes, uh, we do have um, packages for that. So that's $89 uh, for uh, one month unlimited. And that gives access to all of our classes throughout the course of the week.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. And um and now it kind of kind of interested uh, to hear this part because I know obviously in the US a lot of uh I mean maybe it's maybe the same thing in Canada, but in the US there's a lot of digital advertising or word of mouth for their marketing. But how do you go about finding new clients?
2: Well, again, quite a bit of a challenge during uh the pandemic uh so we actually had to uh, cancel our grand opening three times uh so really (laughs) yeah it's been fun uh so every (laughs) time we're just getting out there and getting that exposure we get shut down again so i don't know if you're aware of how it's been up here um i i as my understanding i don't think uh uh, the states got shut down for very long at all, but we got shut down for months and months on end over the course of two years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's made it incredibly challenging. And then we had to go through passport mandates. Um, and, right. I remember that. Ah, uh, yeah. So trying to navigate through that that was um, a whole bag of fun. And uh, again, we had to. I, I canceled the grand opening yet again, because I didn't want to, you know, do the passport mandate wow. thing during a grand opening. It just wasn't going to, yeah. you know, create the vibe that we were going for, right? Not only that, it's discouraging to try and get, you know, a good number of people to come out to your grand opening and make it worth its while if you've got all of these mandates and restrictions and blah, 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 blah right? So yeah. yeah. Um, And then our third grand opening that we had booked was uh, for January 15th. And then we got shut down and locked down all over again, uh, again for, I don't know, I think it was like another three weeks or so. So yeah, we haven't actually had our grand opening. So everything has just been word of mouth, uh, just getting out there whenever we were able to get out there and get those flyers into hands. Um, we're just now opening back up again in full force where we're able to get back out and participate in expos and festivals and things like that. So I've got us signed up for just about everything. Um, and we're just going to hit the ground running and I've said it now that we're going to do our grand opening slash one year anniversary, uh, the first weekend in September, which will give us enough time to be able to build that um, excitement and get people back in here and have totally. the doors open without any restrictions, mandates, and all of the rest of that nonsense.
1: I love it. I love that. Congratulations again, seriously.
2: Thank you. Um,
1: and I know how, how difficult it can be because I, I have some family who live uh, in Lake Placid, actually, uh, and not too far. I mean, both yep. well, Canada, but from Ontario a little bit, but, um, and they were telling me, you know, they used to go to Canada almost every year, and they were like, it's, it's been heartbreaking to not be able to get over and you know yeah. see what we want to see and do what we want to do it's tough yes. um and, and, wow I mean geez so I mean like I think a lot of good is to come and you're doing good as is and I think you can only get better right there's the sky's the limit right um absolutely
2: it's up from here it's up from here
1: exactly and that's kind of leads me to my next question and especially you having a 10,000 square foot um facility what, what would be your like how much could you hypothetically handle right in terms of clients and maximum number like overall uh not like at one time but i mean it, to be in membership base or members at your facility what would be that max out? because you're at like 150 you said currently
2: yes
3: how much uh, well,
1: higher do you think you could get
2: because of the fact that we have so many different facets in here it does give us the opportunity to be able to handle a lot more as far as membership base goes uh so anywhere between 450 to 500 i believe would be more of our uh, max out situation but that's including all the services that are available
1: yeah totally totally and um i'm taking a step back from clients right let's let's go reverse and go into uh if i was interested right in joining i was a lead i wasn't signing up already but i was interested in joining and i came to the facility um walk me through the client journey right from like me walking in to the sales process to becoming an actual client what would that look like for you guys
2: Uh, When they come in the door, we go through a very in-depth health history questionnaire with them, which will basically cover all the bases. Um, Being in this industry for as long as I have been, one of the largest disconnects in our industry would be between personal training and physiotherapy. So, uh, for as long as I could remember, you were either doing physiotherapy or you were doing personal training, but you weren't doing them both together. Uh, so that's why I found it to be essential to merge both of them together and have them work together. Um, you know, you get people that come in all the time as a personal trainer. It's extremely frustrating when you have somebody who you know, they just are focused in on weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. And, you know, they've got this injury the injury, and that injury and all of these foundational problems and they're not dealing with them and they're trying to go, you know, uh, gung ho on the whole weight loss journey. And uh, they obviously will, you know, end up hurting themselves or re-injuring uh, a certain area or not being forthright as to their particular injuries, that type of thing. Um, so this way, you know, they go through the whole basis of, um, the questionnaire. We identify any and all situations. Um, I take them for a tour through our gym. We go over to the wellness side. I, you know, introduce them to, uh, the director of the clinic over there, uh, Chris Semenek. He's my partner. And, uh, he actually has been a, uh, track and field coach, uh, for the Western, uh, university here. Uh, for 24 years, and he's the head RMT there. Uh, so he definitely knows this stuff when it comes to you know, being able to make an assessment. Um, then we can you know, make further assessment and, and uh, you know, uh, design a program that would incorporate yeah. both for physiotherapy, whatever their treatment requires, whether it be you know, regular massages, whatever the situation may be, and then build that into their personal training program so they are achieving their goals at the same time as well.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's, wow. That's, that's a lot. I think that's a great process. And I think one thing I, get, I really want to highlight you on here is that you you know word for word exactly what to from A to Z. And I love that. I love that. Not too many people have that, that portion together. Um, yeah. And well, let me ask this, Michelle. Do you do all the selling yourself? I mean, with that much knowledge, I'm assuming you do at least the majority of it.
2: I do it all. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like, of course. Come on,
2: <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. But I mean- yeah,
2: well, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I do train my staff as well too. But I do take the lead okay. on, on the majority for sure.
1: As you, yeah, I think uh, of course. I think unless you got that that superstar, that ten out of ten who can be literally you uh it's tough i think always i mean if you're there of course i would always say hey might as well take lead if you can um, absolutely so that's great and then let me let me turn the tables here michelle and let you kind of do a little self-reflecting um, i think it's always a great question to kind of you know see where you stand with yourself and um so in business there's about five pillars of business that everybody uses but in the gym and fitness industry we use typically three right and that's the lead generation which is your marketing like generating the interest of leads then selling them, getting them, acquiring them, basically selling. And then there's retention and ascension, which retention is retaining them, keeping the client and getting them to buy more from you the upsells along the process of them staying with you. Of those three, uh, which do you feel like you can improve on
3: the most?
2: Ah, oh, geez. That's a difficult question. Um, I would say uh, the marketing and the branding for sure. It's a, uh, It is something that I feel that uh, we, we do do an excellent job in, but there's always room for improvement when it comes to that. Um, that. You know, marketing now is so much different than marketing when I first started in the industry back, uh, you know, 25 or so years ago, right? So, you know. You know, back in those days, we were back in those days. I sound like I back in the old days here. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, we used to, you know, do the cold callings and the door knockings and yeah. all of that crazy stuff. Right. But they also, um, you know, relied a lot more on mail outs and uh, radio advertising yes. Yes. and things like that. And I find like all of that stuff is just dead in the water now. Right. So you have to be able to evolve um, with what's going on to be able to stay afloat in the industry for sure. Um, you know, everything now is more social media based, right? So the more social media presence you've got out there, then the more pull you're, you're going to pull, like, I, I would say at least 80% of your business in from social media right there. Yeah. yeah. and then the rest of it is just your retention and word of mouth, right? So if you're making uh, people happy, if you're giving them the results that they came here for, that's going to speak volumes, right? So,
0: really?
2: um, you know, so making sure that, you know, you're taking the extra time and you're, that's one thing that I do is that even though I do the initial sales and I set everybody up with their trainers, um, I do make sure that I go out of my way to touch base with those clients every couple of weeks or every week, just to kind of see where things are at, how things are going with their training, you know um, you know, how many times have they been in here, that type of thing. So uh, I, I keep in close contact with them all. And I think that that speaks volumes. Right. So, because you know, it's not like you're just making the sale and Oh, off you go. Well, see you later. Right. So um, (laughs) yeah. It's it's, uh, it's important to have that uh, connection with everybody, because that's the thing that's going to keep your, your engine in the business driving.
1: I love that. I love that. And that's a huge piece. That a lot of gym owners forget, you know, they're, they're obviously, it's
2: easy. It's easy yeah. to get overwhelmed, of right?
1: Of course. And I, I love that. And I love how real you are. Cause a lot of the gym owners who are listening, I think they'll be like, wow, like, okay. Like she's not just talking and, and making yourself seem like I said, oh yeah, I think it's perfect. No, like, this is the real part of it. And like you have to do it. And that's why you're in the position you're in because you do it. You walk the walk. You don't just talk the talk. So I love that Michelle. That's awesome. And on the topic of retention and ascension yep. here, because I feel like well one thing just from the beginning, I feel like you have a good ascension process. But before we hop into that, uh your retention, how do you guys go about tracking you know, how long members have been a part of the facility, when they've joined, when they leave, uh, not leave as an exit the facility, but exit as a member. How do you guys go about tracking that?
2: Uh, I don't have an official system for that. It's my, um, my name... For years by my staff would always be Aaron Brockovich so I always know everything about everyone and what they're doing where they're at um I have it all in like my that. head and maybe I shouldn't you know maybe I should give myself the break but <laughs> yeah. that's kind yeah. of uh I don't know I think uh, maybe a positive feature of OCD I'm not sure <laughs> I mean, but hey. I, I keep track of everything and I know where everybody is at what they're doing where they're um You know, and if I don't, I make sure that I figure it out, right? So I keep a system um, that is in my own chaotic head and uh, I keep track of everybody that way by making sure that I'm touching base and um, following up with everyone because that's the biggest thing is, uh, you know, to be that um, front person in the gym, you have to have that personal connection with each and every single member and you have
1: to yeah. be able to maintain that. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. hundred percent. I think, um, well, I, I did. I think I was very similar to you in that sense where I, I everything is my brain too. And I, I can tell you word for word where they are on their journey, how much, even how much they weigh. I mean, it, I, that's it very bright at that point, Michelle, I'll tell you that to be able to maintain, especially with that amount of clients. I mean, you're talking at a higher level, but um <laughs> i I, I, do think, I love the honesty there. i appreciate the honesty and transparency there too. because i mean honestly because a lot of people go like, oh yeah we do this we do that but it's safe and like it's all in my brain and i got it so maybe i should <laughs> uh, well and- i mean i have
2: files too that i could refer to but yeah literally it's in my head it's in my head it's something it's and it's just you know just having that contact with your clients where you know you if you are genuinely interested in each and every single person you're going to retain all of the important information that you need to about each Inevitably. person.
1: Yep, A hundred, I couldn't even say it any better. And uh, let me ask you this, um, cause now I'm kind of curious, you know, cause from the get go, you said that you have different services. So how many of your clients say invested in more than one product or service that you provide?
2: Oh geez, I would say uh, probably the majority are um, taking part in at least three services minimum.
1: Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I guess uh, it's kind of just me being here. What's what's like your secret behind that? You know, like what what's made it so successful?
2: Uh, I think it's just keeping the flow uh, going in here. Right. And it all starts with the initial tour with taking everybody through and explaining to them all of the services um, that are available. So it's not I don't have it closed off, you know, so it's that constant flow of energy and traffic throughout Um, And, uh, you know, anytime, you know, clients are out on the floor, they're talking to people, oh, you know, well, did you want to try this? Or maybe you want to try that? Or, um, you know, it's always just uh, talking about the additional services that are available here um and uh having all of that information available you know at the counters um and everywhere that they go it's handed to them when they come in for their tour it's handed to them when you know we're out on the street and talking to people so we make it uh you know very open uh that uh all the information is available uh for each and every single service that we do cover and offer here
1: that's great i think that's great it's just as simple as just letting them know and i think that that's such a a big point i think uh, one thing i want to uh, capitalize on what you said too is is just the approach you know i think everybody wants and needs more help it's just if you approach it the correct way and i think again that 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 first impression that that value you bring is literally like hey here's an option and they'll take it you know
2: absolutely um
1: and i think a lot of it comes down to who you are as a person too i'll be honest Michelle, i think your charisma and who you are is a big driving factor as well as to why they feel so comfortable to be able to be like, hey, I do want more from you because I feel like what you're doing already. Give me more. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and
2: absolutely. Awesome. And, you know, I also have created uh, different packages and programs that uh, instill and incorporate all of the services as well, too. So um, I have one package that's uh, called our boss total package. And what that does is it incorporates Uh, you know, three to four personal training sessions per week over a 12 uh, week basis. It also incorporates either one person or one physiotherapy or RMT session biweekly, depending on what their needs are as a client. It also incorporates their nutrition and their vitamins and all of that. So that's all one package. Um, And then I also have something else that's called an empowerment package, Um, which right now is something that I've designed for the ladies. And that's where they go through a six-week program with uh, nutrition and personal training. It also incorporates the boot camp classes. Um, And then at the end of that, then they can take part in all of the rest of the services that we do offer as well, too, in a total package where we've got professional hair and makeup done, uh, spray tan, and then they get a a photo shoot uh, done by a um, fitness photographer here in London to basically showcase their hard work. So that that's that's a program that I designed, especially, you know, coming out of COVID, everybody's yeah. self-confidence was basically in I'm the, sure. oh yeah, and, uh, you know, it was building people back up again. You know, everybody's gained, you know, the COVID 15, 20 pounds, um, and you know, it, it was just getting people back out there, feeling great about themselves, celebrating them, um, and you know, uh, it was a way to give back to themselves uh, this this total package option to help empower them and yeah. feel amazing again.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and let me ask this one last question for you, here, Michelle. You know, what is the what's the next step? You know, like what's the overarching goal for you guys?
2: Okay. Well, quite frankly, our five-year plan, we want to turn this into a turnkey franchise. So uh, that is the goal. That is the dream. That's what we're shooting for. Um, So we're going to make this as big as it can possibly be. And then uh, we're going to move on to the next. Uh, I feel boss is uh, it's, it's a strong name. It's uh, the branding is uh, it's there. It's it, it, you know, with the bright red letters, we emblaze it into your brain and uh, it's, it's going to be here for a long time. And uh, that's what we're (laughs) doing.
1: And you're the boss leading it. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Michelle. <laughs> well, look, I think it's a pretty good place to wrap things up on this episode. Before we sign out, Michelle, um, where can people find out more about you? You know, Shout out your website, your Instagram, Facebook, whatever you got.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So they could find us at bosshealthandfitness.com. Our Instagram page is bosshealth.fitness um, and bosshealth.wellness. Uh, so, uh, check us out and, uh, give us a follow and, uh, yeah, we're yeah. super excited.
1: Totally. Michelle, look, thank you so much for your contribution to the podcast. And, and we look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Uh, it's everyone who tuned in today. We appreciate you as well. Don't forget. if You want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. And our team will be in touch with you as soon as possible. And as always until next time,
0: You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
4: What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with John from Rocky Mountain Self-Defense and Fitness in Castle Rock, Colorado, What's up, John? How are you today?
5: I'm doing great. How are you?
4: Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. All right. So let's just jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started?
5: Um, I got started on Nantucket Island. Um, I was doing Taekwondo and did a lot of teaching for my instructor. Um, Eventually kind of left, was looking for something a little bit different. Um, but I couldn't go to the local grocery store without parents saying, hey, we miss you. Um, will you do your own thing? Um, always loved coaching. It was uh, originally wanted to be a football coach, um, but kind of found the martial arts instead. Um, got into it. Um, eventually moved out here to Colorado to try to get into a bigger market um, and do it uh, full time in a, in a bigger area. So moved out here 16 years ago and um, we've, you know, evolved ever since.
4: Awesome. All right. So you've been at it for quite a while then.
5: Yeah, it's about 25 years. We've been doing uh, Krav Maga for 21 years now. And then we have our functional fitness side. Um, we were a CrossFit affiliate for quite some time, but kind of wanted to do our own thing a little bit before COVID mm-hmm. and do our own brand of fitness and not uh, be glumped in with every other CrossFit gym in town. So right. that's what we, we do.
4: Awesome. Okay. So as far as your business model goes, how do you structure things? Uh, are we doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? I'm sure that the martial arts side and the fitness side look a little bit different. So how do you kind of lay everything out?
5: Um, yep. There are two sides of the gym, um, our Krav Maga side and our fitness side look pretty similar. You know, we're doing group classes. We'll do a little bit of personal training here and there, but most of it is all, you know, it's all group classes. Um, good community. That's a you know, big part, I think, of the whole gym, of good supportive people around. Um, we have our uh, adult and kid program for Crowd um, Maga, and then we just do adults and teens for our fitness side.
4: Awesome. Okay. And across the two sides, how many members are you currently serving?
5: Um, around 280-ish is probably the number. Um, at our main location, we've got a satellite location that just does Krav Maga, um, that one's been, or like with COVID and everything else, and it's been a struggle, Um, Mm -hmm. for that one, um, that one, I think we only have about 80 members in.
4: Okay. And how large are the locations? How many square feet are you working with at each location?
5: Um, the main gym in Castle Rock is somewhere around 4,000 square feet and, the Meridian location is around that 1200 kind of typical retail mm-hmm. space strip mall kind of space so it's about 1200. Got it and okay yeah,
4: I- all right so where was the membership prior to COVID at the satellite location and in the main location is there a large difference now or are you kind of working your way back up what is that looking like now?
5: Um, the main location's working its bit way back up we were kind of Around 300 mm-hmm. um, in that ballpark um, before COVID. Um, we've been working our way up. The fitness side took a real blasting over COVID. Our self defense side um, didn't f- did well um, on that side and boosted, right? Like, really, we didn't miss a beat. As soon as we opened back up, we were getting people in. The fitness side was very, very slow. To get back yeah. rolling and get back up, it's been a bit more of a struggle. Um, kids were, people were looking for things to do for their kids. So, as um, soon as we were able to open back up, you know, our kids program kind of really helped us and through there. So, and the other location's been a, it's been a bit of a struggle the entire time. So, COVID definitely did not help. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's been uh, increasing its way up. I've got a great manager that helps me out with that location. She's doing great um, bringing that, um, membership base back up and, or just, in, you know, we're not at our anywhere near our goal for that location. So it's mm-hmm. creeping back up.
4: Yeah. Okay. And what does advertising look like? How are you getting the word out there about what you're doing? Uh, what are you doing on the marketing front?
5: Um, we do just about everything. Um, we have Facebook, Instagram, you know, our Google plus pages try to be on all of that stuff. So, a lot of it we're, we're doing through um, hero post. We'll use that software just to post out to everything from Twitter to um, Facebook and our different, you know, we have our different Facebook for our fitness page. We have our main page and we have our page that's just for our self-defense. So when people are just specifically looking for the self-defense, they can kind of find it because every once in a while, people will find our main page and say, oh, it looks like it's just all. Self defense, and we're like, did you see the fitness side? So, right, um, we do that. We have um, marketing companies for both. I've gone back and forth on having people teach me and learn stuff for Facebook or Google marketing. And I feel like a lot of um, marketing companies just are not that fantastic. <laughs> I feel like they just want more money
3: mm-hmm. and
5: say, we can get you this many members. And then they don't,
3: right? <laughs> and then they yeah. say, they
5: want. Well, we can get well if you give us more money. Um, we'll we'll help you. And I'm like, but we came on board saying you'd get us members. So at right. this price, but now you want more. So
3: mm-hmm.
5: um, we have some companies um, that we're working with right now for our Facebook because I just kind of outsourced it. Going, I can't do everything all the time, and Facebook just. And Instagram and everything else, and we just got on TikTok and started doing some, you know, having a TikTok presence. So yeah. um, we're like, we just can't do it all with all the social media. I just look back to when I started, and you can put an ad in the newspaper, and you're you're set. Right <laughs> now, people are just on so many platforms. I think that's one of the harder parts of the gym business now, and just marketing in general. There's just so many platforms for people to be on and mm-hmm. to find you. That it is, you know, a full time job.
4: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely understand what you're saying about a lot of marketing companies. They tell you that they'll get you X amount of leads, right? But just because they get you X amount of leads doesn't necessarily mean that one, those are qualified leads or two, that they're actually ever going to come into the gym, which is a huge piece that tends to be missing there because you can have a million leads, but if they're not qualified and they're not actually showing up, then it makes no difference whatsoever. Um, So that happens very often. You know, a lot of gym owners use a lot of different marketing companies and don't actually get the results that they're looking for. Um, So, I mean, if you can either find a good marketing company that actually gets gets you what you're looking for or learning to do it yourself, yes, it is a process, but, you know, once you know how to do it yourself, then it gives you the opportunity to feed the business whenever, you need to. Um, So that's always useful. But there are definitely some good ones out there that can help you out with that kind of stuff. Um, So as far as the marketing piece goes, what type of offer are you putting out there to draw people into the gym? Is it like a trial or a consultation or what does that front end offer look
3: like?
5: Um, So our basic website offer is a $1 Uh, trial class just to hold that accountability. And we do a $30 no show fee if they don't show up or cancel within 24 hours, just trying to qualify that lead again and make sure they are serious and not kind of booking up our calendar and not showing up. And then our marketing campaign right now is either a 12 week or a six week offer of getting into the gym and getting started um, add some nutrition onto that and accountability coaching and some other things, um, home workouts and kind of our online portal that we've been trying to build out and have a resource from recipes to just, you know, some good podcasts or, you know, Hey, listen to this. I always say here, listen to this doctor. If you don't want to listen to me, listen to this guy say that you should do some intermittent fasting and sugar is bad for you. And all these, things, I'm like, listen to this guy. He's a cardiologist. Watch right. <laughs> Listen to the Huberman Lab podcast. He's super smart. Um, If you don't believe your your fitness and self-defense coach, then here, listen to this guy. Oh, he's (laughs) saying the same thing I am. You can't out-train a bad diet, so stop trying.
3: Right. (laughs) So we have
5: our online portal. That's one thing we've tried to add value to that starting, that you're getting um, a resource of either our self-defense and our Krav Maga techniques and things that they can use to do it at home. To our fitness side of having, you know, Tabata workouts online, you missed it, having that type of stuff on an online portal to add value to joining here. So mm-hmm. those are our two offers that we're running right now. And, you know, a lot of people are also just taking our, well, I'll discount it uh, a bit if they join what I call our one of our committed or um, six month memberships. If okay. they join right away, you can you know, start with this you know six week boot camp. That's our onboarding process. Coaches are spending more time. We offer you know like a one hundred one class, like small group. You can come in off this six week or the twelve week offer. You just mm-hmm. get a little bit more in the twelve weeks than the six weeks. They're pretty similar, but we offer mm-hmm. them a bunch of bunch of new onboarding stuff, getting started stuff, and then they if they join the. Uh, our 12-week uh, or our 12-month or our six-month program, they get a discount on that six weeks or 12 weeks. So that's been working out really well for us.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I love a, a six-week or 12-week front-end offer for many reasons. Um, one of those being that a lot of times if people can see the light at the end of the tunnel, six weeks, it's like, okay, I can do this for six weeks, you know, and then if you're providing the fitness, the nutrition, the accountability, kind of touching on all three of those levels and providing them with that high level of service, they're coming in, they're sticking to it, they're getting results, then chances are, they are going to roll into one of those longer term memberships on the back end. So I always love programs like that to get people in the door, get them in a routine, get them results, and then roll them into those longer term memberships. On the back end if they're not rolling into them on day one um now with those programs are you collecting a larger amount up front or are they paying for that over the course of the time in the program the six and the 12 week programs
5: the six of the 12 the six week is paid the, the entire six weeks mm-hmm. um the 12 week program will allow them um, at a higher cost to make the three payments, Mm -hmm. we'll divide it up over the three months, but, um, we give them the option on, on the longer term one. And it, it, that one does have uh, a bit more help in it. So it's a little bit more costly Mm -hmm. than the six week one. So we offer a lot more help and nutrition help on our 12 week program. Yep. So, um, we let them divide that up over three payments. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. I like that. Um, you know either way i'm i'm a huge fan of collecting a larger amount on day one because people who pay pay attention right it's like yes. <laughs> people who are actually serious about reaching their goals and invest more financially into a program are far more likely to stick to the program and get better results than somebody who comes in on a low barrier offer you know even with the one dollar offer i like that you have that 30 dollar cancellation fee because it's like you know if you're coming in here you better be serious. You know, like we don't want you to just come in here and not be serious and not reach your goals and not make any progress. You know, it's like, that's not what you're there for. You're there to help people. So I think a lot of gym owners really get afraid of charging a higher amount on day one or putting a system in place like that, because it's like, they feel like it's not welcoming or whatever it is, you know, it, it, really defines you as being a serious place that's really going to help somebody reach their goals. And I think that that's important.
5: It is definitely. Um, I feel like you're getting better clients in that way. I mean, I've had a little bit of kickback um, from a few people. And I'm like, they probably, my wife is an HR consultant. She's probably like, they, they wouldn't have been a good client. At, you know, if they're not a good person day one, they wouldn't be a good client down the road. They're going to cause a problem. Yes. Um, and they weren't worth having as a member anyways. So we've gotten a little kickback, but most people are like, yeah, totally get it. And I'm like, you know, um, everybody else, your doctor, you know, right. massage envy, you cancel, you don't show up to your appointment. They're charging you. And right. most people are like, oh, I totally get it. And the people that have said, what, what do you mean? A dollar down? I'm like, it's a dollar. I'm like, right. and our coaches are going to, I'm like, our coaches are going to help you. I mean, if you're just popping in to, to do, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, self-defense right. sometimes, you know, people are just looking for something to do for a night and they don't ever intend to become a member, but you know, our coaches are there trying to help them and, you know, turn them into a client and turn, you know, give them their passion of the, you know, the self-defense of the fitness program. Um, They're all passionate people about what we're doing and you're wasting our time essentially. So
3: Mm -hmm.
5: we've had better qualified people since we did it. You know, I was a little afraid, like no other gyms in town are really doing this. And half the time, um, I don't really care what they're doing. I mean, it'd be right. great if everybody got on the same page because we're all kind of battling big corporate um, 24 or planet fitness and the big guys. Um, if the smaller gyms got all on the same page, we'd all be doing better if we were grouped in mm-hmm. <laughs> and offering similar things. So right.
4: Yeah. And I mean, time is your most valuable resource. So why are you going to waste time? You know, and it always baffles me that so many gym owners are so willing to waste time, but they're not willing to spend money. And it's like, I look at those two things the same, you know, and time being even more valuable than money. So you can make more money, but you can't get back more time. Yeah. Right. So, you know, even when you are not putting some type of system in place to make sure that people are showing up. Um, to make sure that you're getting the most out of that hour or whatever it might be, because in that time, if somebody isn't showing up, you could be helping somebody else and making X amount of dollars for that hour. Um, And then I I always hear like, well, it's not about the money, you know, and it's like, well, if they're not showing up, are you helping them?
5: Yeah, exactly.
4: (laughs) No, you know, it's like it goes hand in hand. So it's always frustrating to hear gym owners say like well it's not about the money or and it's like okay well you know it is a business at the end of the day you do need to keep your doors open and if your doors aren't open who are you going to help
5: exactly yeah it is a business i'm like most people get into it because they love it but it everything turns into a business and i would say like the coaching side is the fun side like that's right awesome like running the business is the hard part and keeping it going and having people treat you like a business. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. I think, you know, either fitness or martial arts, sometimes people get a little, I mean, it's getting old, but they're like, can I just like clean the floors? Like karate kid. Can I wax your car? Like, this is a business I'm trying to make money here and support my family. Right. It's going to, it costs. And I feel like sometimes even people with the, the bigger advertising of 24 and planet fitness, People oh, it's not 10 bucks a month. And you're like, no, it's not 10 bucks a month. We're here to coach you and help you. We hope you show up in our doors. Like they don't want you to show up because their doors will bust. (laughs) Exactly. They've got too (laughs) many people people. overflowing. Yes. So
3: exactly, um,
5: it's always hard to get people to sometimes value what you're doing. Right. um, And find those clients. It's definitely sometimes a chore.
4: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I was talking to somebody the other day and the way that she put it was, um, you know, if one of my clients came up to me and shared with me that their job wanted them to continue working, but they were no longer going to get paid and they were asking from advice, asking advice from me, what would I tell them? And it's like, I would tell them to quit. Like, why are you going to do your job and not get paid? But people don't look at it that same way way you know it's like if you were still expected to show up to work but you weren't going to get paid would you go yeah (laughs) not you know um but when it's not them in the situation you know it's different and a lot of times people think like oh it's a business owner they have so much money you know but it's like they don't realize all of the expenses that go into things and how much it costs to actually run a business
5: yeah, it, yeah, exactly. These people sometimes just do not get how much rent costs and
3: right. <laughs>
5: everything else. It's you know, it's tough. Or even um, our we own our building in Castle Rock, but you're like, we still have a mortgage payment and we have property taxes and yes. property taxes for business are not the same as your house. Right. <laughs> um, we have costs. It's like, yeah, can we have a discount? And I've gotten really jaded over the years, and we're like, we're not. We've kind of. Uh, uh, I guess it was like right around before COVID Um, like we really just stopped. We're not offering discounts. We're not putting out there special offers. I'm like, we're just getting people that don't value us and people asking for discounts. I'm like, what do you do for work? Are you going to discount your service? But they're like, well, it's just, you know, there's people already here. You're already doing it. And you're like, yeah, but if I take two people at a discount, Now I can't get two people at full price in my class. It just doesn't make sense. And, you know, do you really want to be discounted? So I think that's one of the tougher things at small business. I feel like people Mm -hmm. want to discount a lot more, but then you have the great people that support you through COVID and, you know, keep Mm -hmm. your gym going
3: exactly um, and
5: support you through there. Like those are the, you know, awesome people that you do it for, but Mm -hmm. you do have those people that are just looking for the cheapest thing in town.
4: Right. Yep.
5: It's always hard.
4: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Now, one thing I always love to ask about are either key challenges or bottlenecks within the business. Are there any that you're experiencing right now? And if so, what are you doing to overcome them?
5: Let's see. Um, You know, it's really been, you know, marketing and getting qualified leads in there. Um, And that's why I subbed it out to a specific, you know, fitness, um, marketing campaign that they just specialize in gyms on Facebook and Instagram, um, -hmm. where the stuff I was doing just wasn't getting the people in organically, or just, we were running our own Facebook ads and for fitness. And, you know, you know, that's one of our challenges of marketing both sides of the gym and getting people to see that we do a fitness program. We do kids and we do adult, uh, Krav Maga. So, it is that's definitely a challenge I think um with us so we have tried to take that off our plate a bit and see how that works but you know with everything I'm like "Mm, I'm not sure is it the best thing (laughs) going with the qualified lead they're getting us they're getting us signups but they're definitely getting a lot of unqualified leads coming through the funnel that are taking up time right and that's a little frustrating for Mm -hmm. me right now but we're really trying to expand staff. And I think, you know, especially with a wife in HR of like everybody's struggling in every industry, but I always go, you know, our Krav Maga side is really tough to get somebody trained up in that specialty. Definitely the fitness side, fitness instructors are a bit, Uh, easier to come by, but still not easy. Um, Mm -hmm. So we've been trying to expand our, our offerings, but finding the people that can do it Mm
3: -hmm.
5: um, or even a lot of our members, you know, want to do it there for fun. A lot of our Krav Maga people as they advance as part of their black belt, that they're learning how to teach and be able to pass on that knowledge, but it's getting them and, you know, family schedule. And when can you teach on Monday night and getting that set schedule Right. So that's something we've been struggling with a bit, but mm-hmm. we're trying to expand our, you know, instructor training and try to get more people in there. You know, I always try to keep the funnel small. Like I always went for the top one percent of our gym of people that might become instructors, um, but we're really trying to open up that funnel so we just have uh, more candidates coming in when people move and right. and leave and that type of stuff. So we do have more people in the funnel. Mm-hmm. um in there because i guess i you know i'm kind of too hard on myself i think as an instructor <laughs> um and always looking to have the best people in our gym but you know sometimes when they're beginners sometimes they don't need you know somebody that's got 25 years experience
3: right so mm-hmm.
5: can get the job done so we're kind of trying to open up that funnel here
3: mm-hmm.
5: in the next six months and try to train up some more people that we have yeah. in the gym. Okay. Yeah.
4: I mean, it's hard. It's hard to kind of let go, you know, especially if you're, you've been teaching the classes and uh, there's a certain level of service and expertise that comes with you teaching the classes, you know, and it's like you want to uphold that. But a lot of times in order to grow and get to that next level, you have to kind of let go a little bit and allow other people to step in. But it's hard. It's really
5: hard yeah. to do that it it is hard and it's also like it's the best part of the whole thing <laughs> like yeah, i right. love, i love coaching beginners and you know seeing them succeed i'm like that's the best why i started i didn't yeah. start to <laughs> to run the gym and do all the bs Right. I do stuff so i know yep uh, as i get i'm um, i just turned 50 this uh, last month and going all right where's the gym going to be in 10 years what's the 10 year goal mm-hmm. and having you know a business that you can be making money off of and not be in 24/7 like yes. most small businesses so that's really where i'm trying to to build out over the next 10 years of like can i have the staff running the program and mm-hmm. doing everything but i just love coaching <laughs> so yeah um, i love changing a lot you know seeing kids grow through the gym that's you know so rewarding so it's Absolutely. it's hard to give up definitely cuz that's the passion
4: right yeah, so. absolutely. But I mean, if you were able to get to a point where, you know, you have the staff in place to take care of most of those things. And then even if you were able to come in a couple days a week, you know, and like teach a couple classes here and there and still have that fulfillment on that side of things, but also not be in the gym 10, 12 or more hours a day. Right. Yes.
5: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Right. Yes. That's the, uh, I think that's the balance that all gym owners are eventually trying to find, you know?
5: Yes. Um, yeah. The longer you do it, it's definitely, right. um, you can't, you just can't keep it up though. You just, it's too hard on you physically and emotionally yeah. that, you know, you need that downtime and you could just get burnt out. So right. keeping, you know, yeah. that's, and then classes suffer. So it's, it's definitely battling that.
4: Mm-hmm. It's always yeah. a
5: key challenge in the business. So, mm-hmm.
4: Right. I know you always, you end up wearing so many hats and trying to do so much at the same time. And then it's like, you're trying to direct all of your attention to all of these different tasks. Whereas if you could just focus on a few different things and direct more of your attention to those particular things, then you're able to provide a better level of service rather than spreading yourself so thin but it's so much easier than easier said than done
5: yes yeah there's so many hats (laughs) there definitely is a small business my father came from a family uh had a contracting business and my father always told me the only reason he wished he went to college was um, to become a psychologist because dealing with his employees (laughs) yes he needed to constantly mentor them and work through divorce issues or break you know just having family troubles and Sometimes I feel that way at the gym of just, gosh, you know, sometimes the the people that come in, I just want to help them and you talk to them and they want to lose 80 pounds and you're like, we're here to support you. And you can just hear it like they just talk themselves out of it, no matter what you say to them that you're just trying to get through to them. I'm like, gosh, you really just need a professional. We need a little office in front of the gym. Come through here first. Um, It's just so passionate. It just so beats you up some days of like, yeah oh please you just need to make those changes and you can do it and trying Mm -hmm. to get through those those people it it's heartbreaking sometimes and i'm like Mm
3: -hmm.
5: like you should start with a psychologist and (laughs) get them get get a little bit more whatever beats you up in life because Mm -hmm. we can help you but unless you walk through the door it's so hard when people beat themselves up
4: right yeah absolutely i mean i ended up really loving sales for that reason because there is so much uh of a a psychological piece that plays into sales. Um, So it was always interesting to me to learn about the psychological side of things and then kind of apply those things when you're talking to potential members or clients and trying to help them break through that barrier because so many people get in their own way more than anything else, whether it be in business, whether it be in life, um, when it comes to working out, you know, it's like, it's easier for somebody to not try something than it is for them to try and fail, right? It's like people just can't mentally deal with that. So it's easier to just stay where they are. That's what they're used to. It's comfortable than it is to maybe try something new and potentially fail.
5: Yeah you definitely have it nailed right there yeah it's it's hard for people I think the athletes that come into a lot of gyms and lifelong fitness fanatics or ath- did high school college sports they're the easy people yes <laughs> it's everybody else that and they're they're so rewarding I feel like when you can break through and we just had a woman, Um, that had come in on our new uh, advertising program. And she's been in the gym now for about 12 weeks and said, I was on vacation. And for the first time ever, I missed my gym. I didn't think I would ever say that. And, you know, that's the so rewarding part to me of like somebody that wasn't a a fitness person Mm -hmm. becoming and finding that fitness person within them. I mean, that's so rewarding. Yes. Um, and definitely something that's so missing, I think these days when you you know you look at different things and why people are so depressed and everything else is they're not really doing anything challenging right These days I think it's like uh, the, the book The Comfort Crisis uh-huh. um, is fantastic of it's just too easy sometimes. We don't right. ha- have to actually challenge ourselves and go right. find firewood or go, yeah. go carry water back. Um, People are just have it so easy. And I think that's why so many people are depressed.
3: Yeah, absolutely. um, And
5: have so much trouble. And you're just Mm -hmm. like, go and do something hard. You'll feel better. You've accomplished. You you did that workout. You know, you came in and you learned how to throw punches. People feel so confident when they do that. It's like the number one thing our clients say, uh, even uh, just both sides of the gym of the confidence. I feel so confident and you can take on life and, and the person that's maybe beating you up at work and stand up for yourself and feel a ton better Mm -hmm. by building that confidence. That's the rewarding part of the whole thing.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people have become so comfortable and they're never faced with any real obstacles. And then it's like, if one thing is off in their day, it's like, they're mentally a mess you know, and it's like people have no coping mechanisms anymore. Um, And yeah, I mean, that's a huge thing. I was a fitness competitor years ago. And I remember the workouts being so hard that it was like, that was the most challenging part of my day. And if I could get through that, the rest of the day just felt easy you know, it was like, because that was so challenging and so uncomfortable. Once I got through that, it was like, doesn't matter what happens today. I got it.
5: Yeah, it definitely makes you feel a ton better. I mean, that's what I mean, we're speaking to the everybody on this listen to this uh, knows that you just feel so much better when you're working out. But getting through to those clients that are coming in are just really skeptical. They want to get in shape. But They're not sure that those. That's the challenge I think with the business of getting through to those people that you can do it. We're you know we're here to help you. There's tons of small gyms across the country that would love to help you out.
4: Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. All right. So now, one thing I always love to ask on the business side of things uh, is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility, kind of doing their own thing, going their own way. What would that be? What's one of the most important things you've learned uh, over the years of ownership in the Ooh. industry?
5: That's a tough one. <laughs> um, it's definitely not a cakewalk. You know, it's not just that fun style. I'm going to open a gym and I'm going to work out all the time. And you right. know, people are like, I'm going to be doing Krav Maga. Or I'm going to be doing fitness. I'm just going to be doing this and doing what I love all the time. And you're mm-hmm. like. Nope. Be prepared to be working 40 hours plus on the back end of the business. If you want to be able to keep those doors open. Right. I think that's something I see and uh, a lot, and I've had different uh, people come through the gym and go like, Oh, I'm just going to open a CrossFit gym. And you're like, okay, well, what do you expect your numbers to be? How much do you expect to pay for this? And like, what, how much do you pay? I'm like, to facebook a month and they're like oh my gosh i didn't figure that i'm like well there's five other crossfit gyms in the area so how are you going to stand out like Mm -hmm. when people look they're looking online and you better be there um you're and you're going to have to pay for it they're just you know, not going to walk in the door. I mean, sometimes you hear that, like, we just have people walking to the door. I'm like, where are you? Because I am not there. (laughs) Yeah. Our town is growing, but there is just so much from martial arts and fitness in our town that you've got to have an online presence
3: Mm -hmm. and
5: you're going to have to be paying for it. Right. To be up there and in the search results or be constantly coming up on their Facebook feed. So it's definitely work. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think I see a lot of people going into the business and think it's just going to be all the fun side Mm -hmm. and it's, you've got to like, I mean, I love marketing. There's a lot of stuff I love in the back end. Like, we do tons of t-shirts and product, um, for our members. I love doing that stuff. I'm like, Oh, I could have just done this for a career. I love marketing. I love love doing apparel (laughs) and different stuff. I have already had an artistic side to me. So I'm like, Oh, that's super fun. I can make t-shirts all day, but you're like, people actually have to buy the t-shirts. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, you can't just make t-shirts all day. You can make a fresh design that people in your gym might decide to buy this month, but Mm -hmm. you can't just do that, you know, do all the fun stuff. So definitely, you know, a lot of sides to the, you know, to that small business these days, you got to be really well-rounded or somebody's going to take advantage of you. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think of, you know, like you said, like I've tried so many different marketing companies and you can kind of vet them out. The more bad experiences you've had, you can kind of start vetting out those people when Absolutely. you're interviewing them of what they're going to do for you mm-hmm. um you've got to be re- really well-rounded these days so you can't just be an incredible athlete you know know have all the knowledge on olympic lifting and whatever it may be that you're going to open your gym on right there's the whole business side of it and that's tough mm-hmm. and i think you know it's one thing um that my wife has helped me a ton with with her HR consulting business that she helped I make. Mean, I, I definitely couldn't afford her, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's a small gym, but uh, we always like laugh, like, oh, maybe we could, you know, uh, retire doing some more consulting and, you know, her on the HR side and me on the, you know, she's uh, a CrossFit coach as well, but, and teaches fitness side, but her full-time job is HR. She's helped me a ton.
6: Oh, I'm um, sure
5: just so much in the last 10 years since we've gotten married I'm like oh I've made so many mistakes that way right so that I wasn't aware of that I was making as a gym owner right so (laughs) that has helped me out so you got to be well-rounded I think and especially in this day and age you you've got to be well-rounded and prepared to pay people for to do all that stuff
3: Mm -hmm. yes Um, absolutely it's just
5: gonna you know, if you're making the money, awesome. And you can sub it all out. But when you're starting and getting off the ground, that's really hard to do.
4: Yeah. hundred percent. And I think a lot of times too, people kind of almost get like this false sense of hope when they do open their doors initially, because if they are the new place in town, it's like everybody wants to come in and check it out, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be long-term members. So it's like, you know, a lot of times they get started off on this hot streak and They've got a lot of people coming in the doors. And then after a couple of months or so, it really starts to die down. And then it's like, okay, shoot. And then everything comes, becomes reality. And a lot of those things that they didn't necessarily think of or expect initially start to come into play. So uh, being prepared, I think doing your research, you know, uh, really looking into things before just jumping right into owning a business.
5: Yeah, it's definitely hard, you know, picking an area. Yeah. Um, You know, we've moved our location um, and that was always tough. You know, we had members said, if you move one exit up the highway, I wasn't going to come. So, you know, that's always, that's always tough of uh, starting a new business. There's so many mistakes you can make and getting into the cheapest place might not be the best option. Right it's, it's always hard. So yeah, yeah. you definitely got to be well-rounded.
4: Absolutely. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media?
5: Um, RMSDF.com. You know, we're Rocky mountain self-defense and fitness. Um, we have our online portal is clear And that's where we're building out. Um, we keep it separate from the gym. Um, and that's where we house all our online training stuff for our members use it but we have it as a side to the gym so it can be another source of revenue for myself in retirement if we divide it off from the gym so we have it there um and you know we have our stores that uh, we have t-shirts and stuff actually our our best t-shirt right now is suck less train more um, t-shirt yeah so um We've got tons of stuff there on our info zone. is where you find most stuff. Perfect.
4: All righty. Awesome. So John from Rocky Mountain Self-Defense and Fitness in Castle Rock, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show.
5: Thanks for having me.
4: Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
7: Welcome back, guys, to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we dive in the trends with gym owners. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of the business of fitness. I'm your host, Austin Montero. Today, we're joined by Noah Snyder of Arc Fitness in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania.
8: Noah, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Austin. Uh, throughout the snow and sunny weather, we get all in the same day here in Pennsylvania, wow. but we're, <laughs> we're loving every minute of it, man. I hear that. Like I told you
7: earlier, I'm in Connecticut, kind of the same idea, you know. I just spent last week in Arizona, which was awesome. Oh, you know, nice. 80 degrees and every day's perfect and no humidity, you know, come back to winter, basically still here in the Northeast, you know, so got to love it, got to love it. But um, so no, man, Arc Fitness, you guys are opening here shortly, July of 2022, right?
8: So- yep, yep. That is our target. Um, Obviously, you never know what's going to happen when you're opening a new club, but uh things are going really well so far you know we're we're really pushing to get open by this summer because we have a lot of people in the area that are excited
7: yeah that's awesome man um yeah congrats on that always exciting to open uh a, a new gym uh business i remember remember those days that's awesome before i get into your why where are you just in the process of like the build-out process with the gym i know opening gym we're dealing with like permits and uh all these other things with the city are you guys yep. through the phase and is the build-out phase almost there or is it done?
8: Yeah, no, actually we're, we're right now in the process of completing our, our plans with our architect. Um, we pretty much have all our contractors and everything ready to go. I actually already have the equipment ordered. Uh, nice. So it's just sitting in a warehouse waiting to be shipped. Um, I have all my flooring there, but I can't get started yet. until so the permits are approved, so I am definitely ready to go. But actually I think we'll be submitting our plans today uh, nice. to our local municipality. And uh, by the way, they are awesome. And that's one thing I've learned is that you want to be best friends with your local municipality, do it the right way, stay on their good side and keep them up to date and they'll work with you.
5: (laughs)
7: hundred percent, man. That's a super important thing, especially in that uh, build out phase. Like, you know, these permits can take, they can slow it down if they want to. So yeah, to be on their good side is great. And just to work with them well is awesome. So let's get to the gym, man. So the business, so Arc Fitness, um, why did you decide to open this business and what kind of was led you to that
8: decision and what's that experience so far been like? Yeah Um, well I guess like a lot of people that start their own business uh, it's driven to a point of insanity (laughs) from corporate America or or nine to five jobs so to speak. Um, It's always been a dream of mine to open a business of some sorts that I could call my own and and do my own thing and I never knew exactly what that would be uh, because I guess I didn't I felt like I had to know everything about a business in order to do it on my own. Yeah. But in high school, I, I actually worked in a local fitness club at the desk just as a part-time job uh, was actually in terrible shape my, myself at the time. But through entering that environment, I really learned how amazing it could be. And I watched a lot of people go through transformations and ended up going through my own transformation, um, left that club for a number of reasons, you know, just a lot of, management that kind of turned me off from the industry and then ended up coming back to it later on uh, to the same club after ownership had changed where I managed it for a few years. And it was kind of during that period where I was managing the club that I really, really kind of came into my element. And uh, we had a lot of success over a few years. We, We brought in a ton of new members and I built some amazing relationships. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I It couldn't be a career for me, I thought, because I wasn't getting benefits. My wife had some health issues at the time, and she wasn't getting insurance and things like that. So uh, I took the most stable job I could think of, which was banking, (laughs) Uh, you know, you get all the benefits and everything. And I actually did really well in banking, but I got to a point where I was wearing a suit every day, which is maddening. And I was like, man, is this really what I want to do? For the rest of my life and, and I just kind of had that internal conflict despite you know making a good amount of money and doing really well uh, so ultimately my wife is the big driver in my decision to to find myself and um, has has taken over as the breadwinner <laughs> in the meantime uh, but back in the pandemic you know things were a little bit crazy and we weren't really happy with the corporate jobs that we had at the time. And I got, I got this uh, call basically that said that the gym that I used to manage was for sale. Okay. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's my out. That's my opportunity. So I, I approached the guy that was selling it and he was like, Noah, I want to sell you this club. You know, the members, you know, everything is, is amazing uh, when we used to work together. So like, let's do this deal. So we worked out a deal uh, with owner financing which was great because I didn't have to try to come up as a, as a younger guy with, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to buy a club. And uh, we actually spent two months where I reconnected with the trainers, the member base um, really started to get far along in the process. I had employees hired. I had, you know, my liability insurance. I was essentially ready to take over a successful operating existing club and about a week out, from that transitionary period, um, the the owner ended up changing his mind of the club. Um, you know, to make a long story short, <laughs> and at the end of the day, that was the best thing that could have happened to me, because I realized it wasn't the right deal for me, and I also realized I didn't have to take over somebody else's business to do this because I proved to myself I knew what was necessary to do it and be in this business. So that's when we made the difficult decision to double down uh, and figure out how to start our own club from scratch. And now we're about, you know, I want to say six months into that process and pretty close to the finish line.
7: Yeah. Yeah, no, know. That's, that's awesome, man. And uh, yeah, similar stories, right? Like I had a pharmaceutical job and I was doing it for a year and a half. And one day I was driving to work and I just turned around and didn't go into work and kind of got <laughs> into this, this business. And uh, yeah, long story after that, but yeah. So I totally hear it coming from man. And um, yeah, very interesting that you were going to buy an existing business and then did not work out. And now uh, doing it, doing it, you know, starting from scratch on your own, do you see any pros and cons to, to either option? You know, there's obviously pros and cons to each. What do you think is the biggest pro I guess um, to doing it, you know, your own gym starting from scratch, there's no bad reputation or anything that you have to like, you know, break through or any, any belief breakings there from, you know, a gym that's already established. So what do you see as all the pros here with opening your own space?
8: Yeah. Well, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there is that like there's no baggage and you get to create the reputation from scratch. Um, Obviously the most tempting thing about taking over an existing club is um, you have an existing revenue base, right? So you have monthly recurring revenue. You're not worried about how am I going to meet the overhead initially um, so that is the hardest part about starting from scratch, I would say, is, is obviously building the member base. Um, there's a lot of money and time and marketing that goes into that. But the the cool thing that, that's going on here, and I think it's kind of like a unique, unique advantage that I have, is I've spent 10 years in this community and in the fitness space building my personal reputation and building those relationships with the trainers and the community. So we're already really well positioned in that perspective of people wanting to come to this club when it opens. Um, And you can create the exact culture and mentality of the club that you want. And that's, I think the most important thing um, for us, because that's why ultimately I knew I had to open my own club because anybody that I've ever worked for uh, there just always was a difference of opinion of how things should be ran and how, individual situations should be handled. Um and most importantly, I think customer service, mm-hmm. just how you handle each individual situation, I think, like just drove me mad. Now I was just like, there's got to be a better way to do this.
7: <laughs> and there is, right? There totally is a better way. It's like it is business obviously it's a fitness business, but we're also in a relationship business, that accountability business, community building business. You brought up there um uh, creating the culture, Noah. What culture uh, are you guys going to have there and create at Arc Fitness? What is what is like your vision around the culture you'd love to
8: have there? Or yeah, to- well, excellent question. Um, I think an easy way to answer that would be to kind of explain our name. Um, so Arc stands for accountability, respect, and knowledge. Nice. And instead of having a big sign that, you know, hangs when you walk in the door with all the rules and kind of having like a domineering Approach of this is how we do things. Um, our mentality is very simply respect. You know, we want our members to respect the equipment. We want our members to respect the club, the staff, um, and ultimately themselves. Right. And and that mentality of respect, I think, is going to keep our culture where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a culture of acceptance of wherever you're at when you're walking through those doors. You know, and we want to get to know people. Personally, we want to know them by name when they walk in, um, and the accountability piece is huge as well. Not just the accountability of making sure you know you you follow your nutrition and, and do your workouts, but the accountability of the club to provide a positive and an excellent experience. Awesome, you know, and, and I don't know how many clubs are out there where y- you can pretty much walk in and talk to the owner. I'm sure yours, you know, you're you're I'm sure you're really involved with two clubs, um, but I want people to walk in and if they have a problem or a concern or anything, I'm going to be there, you know, six days a week, going to try to take a day off, (laughs) but the accountability of look, ownership, leadership is present. We want to hear what's going on. If you have an issue and we want to resolve it. Whereas I've worked in clubs where I, I didn't even meet the owner as an employee. And if there was a problem, they had like a little, you know, email here with a problem and they never check the inbox. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. man. That's uh, definitely a problem.
7: I think in this industry. I think the owner has to be involved in some capacity, like in the actual club, you know, if not the best gyms I've ever seen, that's the, that's the case. You know, the best gyms yep. like in the country that I've been to or talked to uh, or met, you know, through, through zoom or through this podcast. That's, those are the best. So like, yeah, it's really cool, man, that your, your mindset is there and you guys are doing that before we dive into you Noah know, uh, um, any business operations like uh, pre-sale and that sort of stuff. I did notice on the website, uh, three cool, three cool features. So I'm kind of bouncing around here a bit, but one was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think is uh, you guys have a leadership team in place. So I saw on the websites yourself and then I saw three under in, three other individuals, um, whether it's PT um, or uh, I think one was your business partner. Um, yep. Let's talk about your leadership setup and how you guys, work that, you know, to move forward in the best
8: possible way? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, it it certainly takes more than one individual to build a successful business. And I've been very fortunate to bring a team around me and and a community really that's been amazingly supportive. Uh, This is my first large-scale business venture. So I'm going to make mistakes. There's things that are going to happen, but I'm fortunate to have two partners um, one of which I've known for over 10 years in the fitness space. Uh, he's an experienced personal trainer and just all around great guy in the local community. The other gentleman um, is actually a longstanding business owner in our community. We've right. also known for quite a few years. He actually owns an optician shop. Um, his name is John Neifert. Uh, the gentleman in training is Brock Wallach. Yep. And it's really interesting because I'm in my you know mid-20s. Brock is in his mid thirties and John is in his fifties. And so we all bring kind of a different element to the table, um, both experience wise and generationally, which is really cool, but it's, it's that collaborative nature that's allowed us to come up with some of these really good ideas and perspectives. And um, you know, I've had some, you know, partnerships in business in the past that did not work out. And I actually, at one point, I told my wife, I was like, we're never going to get in business with anybody else again, yeah. because we just can't trust them. Right. And we, we only can trust ourselves. Uh, and these guys somehow broke my walls down and, and proved to me that not everybody is like that. And I'm just feeling really blessed to have guys like that in my life. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that, Noah. Like, uh, I've had a similar experience. Um,
7: what do you think was, and I was in the same place you were mentally, like, I'll never do that again. Um, what do you think? how do they kind of break your belief on that? Um, was it just the way you guys work together and maybe all brought different skill sets? Uh, I find best partnerships that we're all bringing kind of different skill sets and there's an open line of communication. Obviously, if that's gone, it's in trouble. Like any relationship, like a marriage or friendship or whatever. Yeah. Anything that uh, brought you from like the place that you said, you know, we're never going to partner again with somebody to going back to partnerships. I just think it's an important thing to talk about, especially with the listeners because Yes, listen, they want open gyms, guys and girls want open gyms, they're just trainers now, like, uh, the partnership thing is a big part of this industry. So kind of what, what led you back
8: to that with this particular group? Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent question. And I guess my first piece of advice would be don't sell yourself short. So don't take a partnership where you give up control, because you think you have to for financing or resources, that would be the first thing that I would say, because that's the mistake I've made in the past. Uh, but what was really different about these guys is I was very transparent with them about my past experiences. When, when we kind of talked about partnering and getting together in that way, um, I was like, look, here's what happened in the past. I ended up becoming an employee to a business that I had ownership in because I had a my minority ownership and that became a problem. And they were like, look, we trust you, Noah, that you know how to run this and you're going to do it. So we're here to advise you but you can maintain complete control. And I think that was the biggest thing was that they were willing to take a minority share in the company and leave me with, leave me with essentially 100% decision-making power and control, which it's not that I don't value their advice and their input. It's just that when, when you're steering a ship and you have to be able to pivot, it makes it challenging when you have to get approval from multiple parties when you got to make decisions on the fly. So that was huge. Uh, we also have very similar core beliefs, which okay. is really important. Um, so our backgrounds are similar in that way, which I think it's it's exciting to get into business with people because you think that they're rich or successful, but it's very important that you share the same mindset before going on that journey together, else there inevitably will be conflict. Uh, so, yeah, I think that was the biggest factor. And even... Uh, <laughs> My, my first partner, when he, when he wanted to buy into the company, he was literally so trusting. He's like, here, like, let me just give you a check. We'll figure out the legal stuff. I'm like, I'm like, we know, like we, that would be great, yeah. yeah. but I can't take your money in good faith without making sure that like you feel yeah. good about it. <laughs> so, sure. I mean, but, but he was, he was literally ready to just like hand me a check. And he's like, no, I trust you. I don't yeah. even, I don't even care. Just go. <laughs> so having, having that is huge. And then, you know, we all have our own doubts, but having those guys put that much faith in me was a big factor in me being motivated to, to live up to their expectations. That's awesome. man. yeah. And like, uh,
7: like you mentioned early on, there to kind of setting those clear expectations from the, from the beginning is obviously massively, massively important as well. Um, so yeah, man, I appreciate you sharing that. I think partnership piece of this business can make or break us, you know? So I think it's an important thing to talk about. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Noah. Sure. Um, another thing I saw, uh, that I really liked was this corporate club sponsorship um, program system you have that you're, you have on your website. Can you talk to us about how you guys are operating that and what's kind Mm -hmm. of involved in that, you know,
8: for the gym and for the corporations getting involved? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the the mindset behind that is really in part due to our want to collaborate with the community. Um, You know, I know a lot of communities are very, very loyal and kind of close knit, but Mechanicsburg specifically is super, super homegrown. People care about supporting small business there and they want to all help each other. So I created this program, uh, one, one, to help us get started strong you know, and to help secure some initial funding, um, but two, to help give businesses an opportunity to get a little bit of exposure through us, yeah. And in return, get some really cool marketing benefits out of that. Um, and so we just created different sponsorship levels where they can pick a level. Each one has different benefits. And then our ultimate goal is whatever resources we bring into the club, as we open and as we add members, we want to redistribute that back to the businesses that have supported us. Mm-hmm. So it's important for us to then, you know, hey, if, uh, if a plumber you know, did a sponsorship for us, yeah. You, you can be sure we're going to be directing anybody that has those needs to that business and, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, and that's cool. I mean, that's the thing that I haven't seen a lot of large chain clubs really do well, you know, or even do it all. Uh, so that's another nice factor about us being a small independent club is that we can really do whatever we think is best to, um, you know, operate in that way. Yeah, I think that's awesome man like you said yeah I haven't seen many clubs
7: do that uh not to that extent at least maybe you see a business card rack up front but like you know people walk by that yeah. It's, yeah it's not uh you know not set up probably in the best situation so yeah I thought that was really cool so Arc Fitness Noah so we're opening here hopefully uh in July or or sooner as soon as possible really um are we at a pre-sale of memberships
8: yet or are you guys holding off on that until all the permits and build out is completed That's a really good question. Of course, something I have wrestled with because I know I could open the floodgates now and probably bring in some extra money, but I made the decision to wait until our occupancy permit is approved uh, because the last thing I want to do is kind of take people's money and set that expectation and then have no actual delivery date of when they can use it. So our mindset is 30 days. So once I know for sure we're 30 days out from opening and I set a specific date, then we're going to launch that pre-sale yeah. um, so that people can start joining. Yeah. We actually have, um, this was kind of a secret, but I guess I don't mind announcing it on here. Uh, so we have the largest one-day street fair on the East Coast and probably oh,
6: really?
8: all, all of the United States. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it's actually in Mechanicsburg, right around the corner from our location. It's called Jubilee Day. Perfect. Um, so that's happening on June 16th. And well, the plan fun. is... We have a booth there, which is awesome. We're going to try to do some membership pre-sale at the booth, give away some free t-shirts to anybody that joins and do some other really fun and cool things. Yeah. So I'm optimistic that we'll be a month out from that date. And so we'll be able to do that and hopefully get a lot of momentum. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Um,
7: so yeah, the Jubilee Day Fair, which is obviously a great way to market the club, especially in a community like Mechanicsburg and uh, on top of that, so like that, I'll call it organic marketing, right? What is going to be your guys' uh, approach to marketing and advertising? Will you do digital marketing? Obviously word of mouth is going to be a big thing. Um, so other, your other marketing and advertising philosophy and approach, what is that going to look like or or what does
8: it look like? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Uh, so we've been very fortunate to have some really cool partners in marketing come alongside us. Uh, one of which is actually going to be a big corporate sponsor for us, which is really cool. Nice. Uh, and their name is Hot Frog Marketing and also in Mechanicsburg right around the corner. They are um, a very, very multifaceted print and digital marketing company. So they've already helped us to do a lot of print materials. Uh, they do work with social media and digital where it actually combines print and digital together. It's really, really cool. So yeah, it's it has to do with like even when... People get their mail yeah. um, if they do the informed delivery. There's like links to our mailers in the informed delivery that actually can pull everything together. Yeah, they do a lot better job explaining it than I can. But uh, it's really really neat stuff, and so we're gonna do a little bit of work with them. Yeah. We've actually done a good bit on Facebook so far. Yeah. So even though we're not open yet, we already have over 700 followers on Facebook. Nice. Um, so we've been really working on building that community and getting people engaged online. Mm-hmm. And then the other biggest thing in marketing that we're just going to do is just be involved in the community and going out to events, participating with local businesses. Anywhere that I can, I want to support fundraisers or local charities in the community because I think that just helps
7: oh, yeah.
8: you know, helps members feel good about what they're putting their money when they see you doing something good with it
7: yeah i agree totally yeah those are all great things and um you brought up yeah like the the print marketing is a town like mechanics it's mechanics right? i'm saying that right yep yes sorry i don't want to mess it up so yeah Uh, (laughs) like is the print marketing like you know direct mail or what have you or is is that something that we think would work will work in a town like yours because it's kind of a more smaller tight-knit community vibe as opposed to like you know a big city or something like that
8: yeah, I, I definitely think so. And, you know, I, I'm always one that's like very skeptical about any form of marketing, like, is it going to work? Is it going to have the ROI? But yeah. in the fitness space, it's so geographically based, right? Because people care about convenience. So I can't think of a better business where you want to specifically target people in a three mile radius.
6: Sure.
8: Um, and, and they can even narrow it down by like household income and age and that type of thing. Yeah. So you can be really targeted, not just you know, a, a spray and pray mentality. Uh, but, you know, we, we definitely want to target a more senior crowd as well. Yeah. Um, because, you know, one, a lot of people retire here and they'll stay at a club longer. They'll keep their memberships for a long time. They're very loyal. They don't come in and beat up the equipment for three hours most of the time. So they're really an excellent demographic to have. And naturally they just tend to be more apt to pick up a, a piece of print Sure. and look at it and you know actually act on that so but you know we might have a qr code on there too yeah. so it might combine with digital in that way as well
7: yeah no i love that yeah like uh yeah a lot of it like you said depends on your demographic of where we are right you have older population they're gonna read that you got a bunch of 20 year olds they're not gonna obviously not gonna read that so it's in both, the trash
8: yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it's
7: not even yeah if, yeah throw it out you know so yeah to have both is awesome um no we didn't even talk about it but as far as uh, services you guys are going to be offering at art fitness um, what are the services you guys will
8: have there yep excellent question so to start um of course we're going to have general fitness equipment um pretty good variety actually and we are going to add astroturf to have more of like a functional training area um, not not quite as extreme as crossfit uh, but we are going to partner with a local crossfit gym if anybody you know that we can refer people over there um, but we're going to have a really strong emphasis on personal training So Brock Wallach is going to be our head of training. Um, He has his own company that's working in collaboration with us, but we're going to work with new members to get with his team Mm -hmm. and have a really good relationship there. Um, And so training and nutrition kind of go hand in hand as well. We've actually been doing nutrition virtually since December Mm -hmm. um, because if I'm not doing something, I go absolutely insane. (laughs) Um, So, I started doing um, the virtual nutrition coaching and Brock is, is doing the coaching. I'm mainly doing the sales marketing recruitment and that's going really well so far. So whenever we open in person, we're going to kind of combine those two. I'd love to eventually get a massage therapist on site. Awesome. Um, you know, if we can expand down the road, we'll add more classes and group training and that type of thing, but we're somewhat limited by our space at the moment, sure. but we'll definitely be open to that down the road. Sure. So the space is uh, like thirteen thousand square feet, right? So yes. What,
7: yeah. Obviously, we're, we're we're on Zoom here and just audio. What is like the virtual? If you had like, a virtual walkthrough, a virtual tour, if you would, um, you know, for the listeners, what's the vibe and look and the feel and how we? What kind of equipment are you using to outfit the club? I know you just brought up the AstroTurf, no, but uh, yeah, which is awesome. Sled pushing and a bunch of other stuff, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but pulling, which is becoming pretty big. Uh. So yeah, what kind of virtual view of the place? You know, what, what's the vibe going to be
8: like in the look? Well, to, to set the tone, uh, I'll tell you, it is like an old, maybe even late 1800s building. Um, it, it's, an, it's actually currently a furniture store.
6: Yeah.
8: <laughs> uh, so so the, the people that own this furniture store agreed to lease me their showroom, and they're actually moving to the back of their warehouse, yeah. which the entire building itself is 43,000 square feet. So it is, it is massive, awesome. right? But it's really historic. It's brick um you walk in it's got relatively high ceilings and it's all one room which i think is really important so that especially from a staff and monitoring perspective you can see what's going on in the club
6: yeah.
8: uh but you walk in the first thing you're going to be greeted by is a front desk and a smoothie bar yeah. um you know and i wasn't sure if i was going to do smoothies but people were like knocking my door down like no you got to do smoothies i'm like okay i'll do it yeah. um so you walk in and then you know, we don't take the like the no judgment, no, you know, lunk approach like we try to have kind of a neutral ground where you're, you're respectful uh, of the equipment and the members around you. But in order to cater to a less experienced, more cautious member crowd, um, we've positioned we're going to position the equipment to where all the machines and cardio and lighter lifting style equipment are, are towards the front. And then all of our free weights, um, you know, large plate loaded machines, um, deadlifting area, half racks, those are all in the back. So it at least kind of separates things maybe by intensity so that, you know, people who aren't as, as comfortable with that, they can hang out in an area where it's a little bit lighter, obviously with the goal of getting them really comfortable and confident where they can go and do a little bit more extreme stuff down the road.
7: Yeah, that totally makes sense. And, uh, with the juice bar let's talk about that because that's you know not every club has that especially independent yep. gym. Uh I actually owned a juice bar myself too I didn't tell you that but that was nice uh, what I did do after I sold my gyms um, yeah what are, are you guys gonna have protein uh, powder it's uh, are you looking at different margins there are you guys gonna be selling supplements for, through the to the juice bar or through if you have a pro shop so I guess I guess maybe the better question is like other revenue streams I know we talk about nutrition coaching juice bar. Yes so guys got juice bar sales we got um nutrition coaching uh any supplement sales so just other revenue streams on top of the membership
8: in the pt yeah absolutely so you know the smoothies will probably have um maybe a 40 to 50 percent margin so it's not massive but what it does is it creates this social aspect of the club um and and like when i worked in clubs in the past if you do a good job with it and and you almost act like a like a bartender (laughs) uh, not only will people toss you some tips but every day, they'll make it a habit as part of the routine to come sit down, have a smoothie, sit down and, and shoot the breeze for a couple of minutes. Um, and it just creates this really cool environment in that way. And it makes people want to come more often and hang out, even if it's just for that reward of a really delicious smoothie after a workout. <laughs> but, you know, it, so it does make a little bit of revenue, but it's great from that perspective. Um, I actually have a good longtime friend. That owns a supplement company, um, both online and he has some in-person stores here in Central PA. Um, His name is Trevor Bauer. They're called AdvancedSupps.com. So a little plug for him. Uh, Really cool homegrown company, though, really awesome dude. And so we may work out some kind of partnership to whether I just purchased some supplements for resale or he wants to set up shop in there. Um, We're gonna do something like that, but really just focus on the basic, more essential supplements that that people need is just to help with, you know, whatever their daily diet is, because I know that industry can get a little dicey. Um, and then we're also going to add a clothing line. Nice. Um, and again, that's something that our, our partners in the marketing company can help us with. So they can help design and create a bunch of different pieces of apparel, really good quality stuff. And they even also offer a online like drop shipping service. So we can sell them online without ever having to hold the inventory and they have the ability to do like even a one-off one-off print order on the spot and they'll ship it out. So that's a really cool service so that we're not worrying about having (laughs) 3000 t-shirts, you know, on, on site. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that those are things that are cool. I don't know how big of a part of a business they're going to become, you know, more than just kind of a novelty or a little bit of marketing. Um, but I think the nutrition is probably the biggest extra add-on service that we're going to be able to offer, you know, cause we're going to have our standard basic memberships. There is personal training. Uh, we're going to do programming for people as well. If, if they're not comfortable paying for several hundred dollars a month in training, we do have apps to set them up with just programming and hopefully they'll graduate to training, but the nutrition I'm learning. There's so many people who are not comfortable setting foot into a club um, for any number of reasons. But if you can start with their nutrition virtually, gain their trust, build their confidence, then they're in a position to transition into an in-club environment once they already know you. Yeah. So that's kind of our, our gateway service, so to speak, <laughs> um, to get people in.
7: I love it. It's like a little easier barrier to entry than just, you know, it's, it's in, it can be intimidating for most folks walking into a gym, obviously, you know? Sure. Never done it before. Absolutely. Haven't worked out in five, six years, whatever. So yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, uh, no, so when that new member does walk in, I, I know we're not open just yet, um, for the, the gym piece of it, What is that process going to look like that new client intake process? Will they meet with you or a manager or, or Brock? And then, uh, cause I know a big mistake I made back in the day was, you know, CrossFit it's a group, the group training models like the bread and butter, right? But we missed out on this whole personal training, um, piece that probably 20% of the members would have done. Right it's something they weren't even aware of. And I missed that in the early days in the initial like signup process, uh, client uh, conversation, consultation process. So what's your initial sales intake process gonna be like
8: when that new member reaches out to you or comes in the door and wants to get started? Yeah, well, I think the most important part of that process, and this is something that um, the gentleman I used to work for taught me that was really valuable. And that is spend as much time as you need to with that person. Don't rush them through the tour you know, he, he said, if you got to take half an hour with that person to get to know them, take that half an hour. Yeah. And when you start to do that, um, by the end of that tour, they're, they're joining. Like nothing else matters. You've taken the time to get to know them. The equipment itself isn't really that important at that point. They're just like, yeah, like this feels right. I want to do it. Once, once they've joined and once that process has been done, um, it is important about understanding what their unique goals are. And, and even if we would be a good fit for them as far as training goes, but we do offer a consultation and training session as a part of the initial membership signup. A lot of companies will only offer the, the consult portion. And I, I, I worked for a gym that was like that, where people kind of thought they were going to get some training when they came in for that, but it was just an hour sales pitch where they sat you down in an office and tried to get you to sign up for you know a year of training. Um, and that turned a lot of people off. So we feel confident enough in our product that if we give them a half hour of actual education, ju- just a little bit of guidance to say, here's what we can do and here's what it'll feel like. And then sit down for another 10 minutes and explain the plans. We don't even try to close on the spot. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not super hard sales from that perspective. And even with our nutrition, you know, I don't, I don't want to like um, you know, throw a wrench at myself by saying this, but so far, Every consultation that we've had, we've got a hundred percent closing ratio so far. Yeah. And we've only been doing it since December. Um, and, and every single time after we get off the call, I say, look, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot. So I'm going to send you a link if you want to join. Yeah. And then you make the decision. And, and that's like very counter to like the normal sales strategy of like, you got to close while they're there. Right. Um, but we don't want to force people to train with us right so they have to really be ready and wanting to do it or else they're probably not going to last long term anyways um so it's really going to be just about very non-hardcore sales approach very casual and then we don't do any type of contracts or long-term commitments so it puts the pressure on us to you know hopefully keep delivering that service and keep them coming back for more
7: sure
8: yeah i always like that too with the uh
7: if somebody locked in for a year or two kind of takes a little pressure off of us as owners. Right. But if they're not locked in, we have to continually serve them. And I think it keeps us on our toes and to do a better yeah. job. I think so. Yeah. That's cool. You guys are doing that. So Noah, like um, say we open in, in July, just for, for just for a date. So from July, 2022 to July, 2023, first year, obviously super important, right. Being open. What are you guys looking to achieve here in this first year, whether it's a, a membership goal number, PT number, or just overall, Overall goals you guys have here for the first year of, of being open
8: yeah well i'll tell you one of my wife's big goals is that i start to bring home a paycheck <laughs> <laughs> so that would be that would be a great thing to happen in the first year um but realistically we we think we can hit um 500 to thousand members in the first year nice. so that would be a big goal um i know that's ambitious but i've done it in the past in, in other people's clubs and i feel like we have a really good starting point um okay. That would give us more than enough resources to be able to start to reinvest in the club and continue to add more services. So, within the first year, um, we want to just create a base, become stable, start to get those community relationships going. And then from there, you know, I, ultimately, um, expansion is our goal down the road. Obviously, we have to get location one up and running, but. I believe once we start to do what we're doing well in our community, opportunities will identify themselves for expansion if that's the right thing to do. But ultimately we want to find more buildings like ours that are unique and kind of historic and open more clubs like that while while maintaining the same culture and community engagement and that type of thing. Very cool. Yeah. I love the historic vibe, man. That's really cool like there's that whole real
7: estate side of fitness that I, that I, I enjoy too talking about, which is a whole new, but, uh, and there's so many little intricacies to that. And, uh, you know, lease negotiations and if you're buying or leasing, so many things, but so like, yeah, the great goal, thousand members say in the first year, um, what do you, like, what are your biggest challenges? Do you think to get there being a new, being a new business here? Right. Um, you have external threats, internal threats, all these sort of other things. What do you think is your guys biggest challenge or roadblock uh, from today? to next July, getting to that 500 to 1,000-member goal?
8: Yeah, um, I mean, the, one of the biggest challenges might just be our, our parking situation because it is limited there. Um, I have a couple of solutions for that, but it's it's almost like a good problem because if we have that many people coming in, great, now we have to figure out more parking, which there are options for. So that's, that's one concern, um, being able to properly staff the club you know, is another thing, because I know it's it's difficult to find good staff. Yeah. And there's always that battle of, well, would I rather keep it not staffed and, and just try to save payroll? But it's important to me to to staff it well and get people that are able to engage and take care of the members, because I wouldn't want to get too busy too quickly where we're not able to deliver, right. you know, a positive experience. So that's a concern. Uh, we do have a lot of other gyms, in our area um you know we have several planet fitnesses in mechanicsburg um there is a crunch that just moved in uh there's a few other independent clubs there's a gold's club so i mean there's a lot of quote-unquote competition um but a lot of people don't realize this you know they think of pennsylvania they think of pittsburgh and philly but mechanicsburg in cumberland county that it's in is the fastest growing county in pennsylvania I mean, it's, it's incredibly prosperous. There's a lot of new people moving into the area. You can't even find a place to rent if you're trying to. <laughs> so, I mean, it's definitely, there's opportunity there. Um, it'll just be our ability to keep up with it, I think, and not drop the level of experience that we're providing, especially with limited staffing getting started.
7: I understand And with those franchise, or franchises you just mentioned, like there's, I always think they're kind of stuck in their ways, right? You as you're an independent owner, you have way more flexibility and freedom. Oh, for sure. Pivot. I, that word's been used so much the last two years, but the pivot <laughs> and when you need to and change things when you need to, which which I personally love too, and I think gives you guys a terrific, you know, advantage here. Uh, in the yeah. Future. Um, just to stay in, that like, kind of last question, um, you know, with a crunch in your neighborhood and the Gold's Gym and the Planet Fitness, mm-hmm. obviously they're low priced. How did you guys go about, picking your pricing for like the, for the general, just open gym membership. What was that process like?
8: Yeah. Well, it's something that I thought long and hard about because you know, (laughs) that this might sound crazy. The guy I used to work for, uh, he charged $5 a month for membership, um, which which was, which was crazy. (laughs) Um, And I think, yeah, it got people in the door, but I think it also attracted the wrong crowd. Um, because you get people that are only looking for cheap. And so that's just the the attitude that they bring when they come in. So we're going to be priced around $20 a month uh, for our general membership, which is still, I know in in the grand scheme of things, really, really affordable. But people are going to look at that and think, oh, it's twice, you know, planet fitness. But I'm actually okay with that. And that's how I want them to look at it, because our proposition is value. It's that we're not overcrowded. It's that you're going to get a personal experience. So I don't really want to attract people that want the cheapest price. Yeah. And then, you know, I think we're able to offer that at a low price and then bring more revenue in through the quality training and nutrition services that we provide, which will optimize our, you know, value per square foot of the club. Right. So I, I really do feel it's, it's a good price point. And, you know, we're going to charge like a $60 startup fee, something along those lines. Uh, which we might, you know, have promotions on and things like that. Uh, but everything is month to month, so there's no long term commitments for people. They can cancel anytime. Um, I don't even do late fees or anything like that. Which you know, maybe that's not a good thing, but I've just seen that cause more harm than good. Yeah. In the past, especially in clubs that I've worked in. For sure. So. Yeah, like our
7: reputation locally, especially in a smaller town, is vital. So, like, you have a couple of bad customer experiences, they're gonna tell a thousand people. You know, so it's and I've seen yep. that you a lot so yeah really cool your guys is there no i think it's a great place to wrap it up man uh, i really appreciate you coming on today man where can the listeners check out arc fitness on online social media where can we find you guys
8: yeah absolutely so try to keep it simple uh it's arc fit arc fit club across the board so our website is arcfitclub.com arcfitclub on instagram and also arcfitclub on facebook Still haven't made the jump for TikTok yet, but that's probably the next one that we're gonna, they're gonna get. So, <laughs> my wife's really big on that. <laughs> you guys, I mean, the leads there are like, uh,
7: definitely worth it, man. Like, I'll talk more in a second, but uh, yeah, it's like Facebook in 2010. So, like, it's it's crazy, but it's it's the next, it's obviously a big thing. So, yeah, huge platforms we get to use, um, you know, and uh, market our gyms and our services. So, no, man, appreciate you coming on today, man. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. I wish you guys the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you, Austin. Great to be here. You got it, man. And to all listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And as always, until next time, gym lords, we are out.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com.